We're, we're kind of continuing this study. Hopefully this is the last uh, part of this study of uh, to keep yourselves in the love of God. And he starts off, with, if you want to turn to Jude, by the way, uh, we're going we're gonna to look at those verses again. Jude in verses 20 and 21. Uh, but he says, he says two times in that, in that section, but you, beloved... But you, beloved, that you're loved by God. And, and uh, it, it kind of brings me back to John 3.16. And we all probably know what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it's this idea that God loves the world. He loves all of us. But, you know, we need to respond to his love. And then even as believers, we need to keep ourselves as Judas is saying here to keep ourselves in the love of God. Let's read those verses 20 and 21. He says, But you, dear friends, or beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. The positive exhortation in this, the imperative exhortation in this passage is to keep yourselves in the love of God. And, and as I mentioned last week, there are you know, three different uh, kind of uh, other verbs that are, that are ongoing things. Building, praying, and waiting or looking for. But the main verb there is to keep yourselves in the love of God. And that's something that you and I need to do. It's something that we need to pay attention to. He says to, to uh, it, the definition of it is to attend to carefully. To take care of, to guard. And I think that for you and I, it, it's, not, it's just not you know, a natural occurrence. It's not just happens by chance. It's you and I, we're paying attention to what God has said. He says, I love you. To keep yourselves in the love of God. David Guzik, he said, it's not that we make ourselves lovable, but we keep ourselves in harmony with his ever-present love. We talked last week about the, the prodigal son who, who his father loved him immensely. What did he do? He, he, he kind of took himself out from under the umbrella of that love and, and, and it didn't go so well. But what happened was what? He came back. He returned and, and put himself uh, back with his father. And, and so, it, uh, so, so God, he got things right. And sometimes you and I, we wander off too. And we need to come back. We need to turn back. Get ourselves back in that place. David Gusick also said that we can't wait for it to just happen or expect others to make it happen. You and I, it's a responsibility that we have. So earlier in the passage, uh, Jude talked about following the apostles' doctrine of the teaching of the apostles. So the first thing that is part of this keeping ourselves in the love of God is to, to be in the word of God itself. To, and that's where we hear about it. You know, if you, you know if, you, if you had a bunch of letters, let's say, from someone who loved you, right, and they wrote you letter after letter and, and told you how much they loved you and, and, and what kinds of love they had for you and, and, and that it would never, ever end and all that. But you got those letters in there. You put them in a shoebox and you put them under the bed. Right? 
How, how would you know if you never opened them, you never looked at them, you never read them? How would you know how much that, that you were loved by that other person? So same thing with God's word. We open it up and we find out that he loves us no matter what. He loves us. He forgives us. He cleanses us. He washes us. He, he, he proves his love to us time and time and time again. That's why I like that, that song, you know, run to the Father again and again and again and again, because that's where we're at. That's, that's where you and I are at. So Acts 2.42, I'm going to quote that verse again to you. I've got a number of verses I'm going to, to quote. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching or doctrine, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread or potluck, and to prayer. These things. They, this is the early church, Acts 2. They, they devoted themselves to these four things. They were very, very important. And, and so keep that in mind as we, as we kind of move through the rest of this passage here. These, these uh, three things, again, they are building yourselves up, praying in the Holy Spirit, and looking and waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are participles of means. In other words, these are, these are ways that we keep ourselves in the love of God, the word of God, and then these things that we're building, we're praying, and we're looking and watching, waiting. This word for building, uh, it's very interesting. It's one of these words where they put a bunch of words together, but, but uh, the, the, the focus of this word is to build the house. You're building the house. You're building yourself the house of who you are on what? On your most holy faith. Again, John 3.16, God so loved the world that whosoever, what? Believes in him. So we're, we're building on our faith. We're building on this most holy faith. Building our house on the rock, Jesus said. That's, that's how we're going to survive when we build our house on the rock. When the storms come, and do they come? Yes, they do. You know it, I know it. But if we're building on the rock of Jesus and who he is and our faith in him, we're going we're gonna to make it. So that brings us to the second thing, which we, this is where we kind of pick up today. He says to pray in the Holy Spirit. Again, the, in the original language, it's, it's a participle, means, which means praying. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's present participle means now this is something that is ongoing. So let me ask you this. When was the last time you prayed? If, if you have to think about it, <laughs> uh, let's see. Hmm. Like last week, I think I prayed. You, you see, the word of God says praying always, right? Always praying. Pray without ceasing. But he says this is one of the ways that you and I keep ourselves in the love of God is through prayer. And, and this isn't like, you know, uh, well, you know, this is when I, 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 I fold my hands and I get into a certain kind of posture and, and then I do it. This is prayer is simply talking with God and having this ongoing a relationship where we're talking to one another. When you have a relationship with somebody, if you never talk to each other, the relationship doesn't go very far, right? 
If I got up here and just stood here and didn't say anything, how, how long would you continue to come? Not that you come to hear me speak. I don't mean that. It's just that if there's no communication taking place, it, it, it's like, what's the point of this? It's an ongoing participle. Ephesians chapter 6 says this. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. He uses that word all like three times just in one verse. But it's this idea of praying in the spirit. This is what Jude says. Paul says the same thing. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that you have to wait for this kind of weird kind of anointing to come upon you and you're, that's the only time that you can pray? No, it, it simply means this, and, and I quote a definition. According to the Spirit's promptings and the power of the Spirit, praying out of hearts that are, and souls that are indwelt, illuminated and filled with the Holy Spirit. Simply what it means is that we have the Holy Spirit as believers. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. And so when we pray, we, we're, we're, we're involved and he's involved. And it's just this communication that's taking place that's prompting and, the, and, and the, the power of his spirit within us. I don't think we, we realize how much we really have. I found this scripture and I've seen it a number of times, but it's found in the book of Deuteronomy. It's talking about the nation of Israel, but I think it applies to the church as well. Because it says this, for what great nation is there that, that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us for whatever reason we may call upon him. In other words, he's like right there. Well, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. He's, he's living, he's right there. Jesus is right here. How, how far do you have to go to, to make this communication happen? There's no, no one else that has that. That's what, he's, that's, that's what he was saying to the nation of Israel. Who else has this? They have gods. They're false gods. They have, they have all kinds of stuff going on. But how many of them are actually there to listen whenever... They call upon them. They, none of them do, except for this holy and awesome God that we have. Psalm 46, he says this, God, do you know this verse? God is our refuge and strength and what? A very present help in trouble. Very present help in trouble. It means he's right there. He's right there for you and for me. This praying in the Holy Spirit, this prayer that keeps us in the love of God, it's, it's something that is, is building this relationship between us and him. And he's right there. And he's saying, listen, I, where, you know, I'm here. Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. I'll, I'll be there in a minute. I'll be there next week. Psalm 145, verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. Again, that's not some kind of rote prayer, some kind of thing you repeat over and over again. That's not just, you know, uh, saying something that someone else wrote. This is something that comes from our hearts. 
the Holy Spirit living within our hearts and we're praying to him. He, he, that's calling upon him in truth. Uh, Jesus talked about, you know, worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth, in reality. He's near. He's right there. What did James say? Draw near to God. What? And he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He's right there. You and I, I, I don't think we realize how much prayer means. You know, all that is accomplished. I have a quote I'm going to close with at the end of this message about it, about somebody talking about prayer. But we don't realize prayer is powerful. You know, we, we pray for people and we send out prayer requests for people that are hurting. And I, and I just believe that God hears those prayers. And sometimes, uh, you know, I remember to pray for somebody and then sometimes I go, oh man, I forgot I was supposed to pray for that person or whatever. But God hears those prayers, you know, and we've been praying for, you know, Paula's sister. We prayed last week for her and, and she's had some serious, you know, problems. She was in the hospital. She, she, they said if, if they hadn't brought her to the hospital, when they did, she would have died at home. And so, you know, but, but people were praying. Uh, you folks were praying. Uh, we prayed in the youth worship group. We, they prayed in the women's study. And God was doing, there was literally answers to, to those prayers. Now, she's not out of the woods yet by, by any means. But she, you know, she's home now. And, and God is doing something there. And, you know. We, we need to realize that prayer is powerful. And I love the saying that, that uh, they, they have over at uh, uh, that uh, ministry that treats addicted, addicted people. It's called what? Help me out here. Pardon? Teen Not Teen Challenge, but the one that's Calvary Chapel one. What's it called? You Turn for Christ. Thank you. Alex, you should have spoke up for me. You turn for Christ, they say prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. But what I found through the years is what it really changes, most of all, me. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Part of it is is prayer, just prayer. One thing I do want to mention, though, um, about this, because someone's going to ask me, I'm sure, what about uh, speaking in tongues? Because someone... Someone might say immediately when it says pray in the Holy Spirit, well, that means praying in tongues. Well, not necessarily. It means what I've talked about before. But the Bible does talk about speaking in an unknown tongue. And and it actually says there that he who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds up himself. So there is a place and, and it's a related word to this word, uh, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. It's a related word. But he says, he goes on to say, but he who prophesies edifies the church. He says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. So there is a sense that speaking in, in tongues is, is an edification, but it's for oneself. It's not for the body of Christ, you see. So, so I didn't want to just uh, pass over that. So 
the third thing that we get to is that's praying in the Holy Spirit. The third thing he talks about there is, is looking or waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So we have building ourselves up. We have praying. These things are ongoing things. And then we have this looking or waiting, watching for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us to eternal life. This, this to me is, is, you know, we don't think about this too much, although I think in the current climate of, of our world, I think people now are starting to say, wow, Jesus, come quickly. Jesus, we need you. We need you now. And, and things, you know, are looking bad. Things, you know, we look around and see what's going on with different countries. And then we look around and see what's going on even in the nation of Israel right now. And, and, and all this stuff that's happening, we say, Lord. Titus chapter 2, Paul says this, that we're, we're looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our blessed hope, people. You know, our hope isn't in this world. Our hope isn't in the things of this world. Our hope isn't in, you know, the jobs that we have, the, the, you know, the things, the stuff that we have. You know, I get so tired of fixing things sometimes. You know, you get stuff, you get, it's even new. You get it and, 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 you're, and everything's going along and then something, it, something else will break. And you've got to fix that now. I'm just getting tired of fixing things. But Jesus said, store up what? For yourselves treasures where? At, you know, Silicon Valley Bank? <laughs> store up for yourself treasures at Signature Bank? Where are you going to, where's your treasure? Where is it, you know, that, that, that you know, stock portfolio that, that you have? Where is your treasure? He says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Because there, you know, the thieves can't come in and steal it. You know, the moths can't come in and, and, you know, eat it all up. Well, I got mine under my mattress. <laughs> I know people who do. We laugh about that. But, you know, if someone breaks in, that's the first place they'd look. Just warning you, don't keep it under your mattress. <laughs> we're, looking, we're looking to heaven. Paul said in Colossians, you know, to fix our thoughts, to fix our minds, fix our hearts above where Christ is. We, you know, as believers, we should be thinking about that blessed hope and letting people know Jesus is coming back. He came once and he promised he is going to come again. Look, look back a, a few pages to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. In verses 27 and 28, he says this, Hebrews chapter 9, 27 and 28. And, and this is very clear, by the way. He says, just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. There's no reincarnation. There's one time. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin. He's not going to come and die for sin. But he's going to come to bring salvation to who? 
to those who are waiting for him, to those who are looking for him, to those who have their hearts in tune with Jesus. It says in Philippians chapter 3, our citizenship is where? In heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're eagerly waiting, looking for him to come back for me, for you. And Jesus said it in Luke 12. He said, it's, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. When he comes back, is he going to find us looking, watching, having our eyes to the sky? Or we're, we're, we're looking everywhere else but looking, but, but looking for his return, watching for him. He went on to say this. It's radical. Listen to this. He says, when he finds them watching when he comes, he says, I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Wow. Are you kidding? To those who are watching. The book of Lamentations, you know, chapter 3 is where we find the verse that says, you know, that his, his mercies are new every morning. But when you look at the chapter and you read it, it's, it's, it's like a, a lot of bad stuff is going on. But he says this in that same chapter. He says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is good and it is good to wait quietly for him to come. What does this have to do with keeping ourselves in the love of God? Well, he says that if he goes to prepare a place, he's going to come back and take us to be with him. That's because, why? Because he loves us. Because he wants to be with us. He wants us to be with him. One of my favorite verses in Psalms is Psalm 73, verse 24. It says this, You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you'll take me into glory. He's, he guides us with his counsel here and now. He speaks by his Holy Spirit. He, he speaks primarily through his word to us and he gives us counsel. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm, I'm in counseling and it's like an everyday occurrence. And, and I need the counsel of God to just get through the day. To just get through the day. You need the counsel of God. But it doesn't end there. You know, if, if this world is all there is, man but he says he's going to take me into glory when is that going to be look around and, and there are people who are saying listen it's going to be very soon things are happening it's all coming together you see Iran over here you see Russia over here Syria you, you see these things happening Jesus said you got to be ready because he's going to come when you don't expect him at, at, at a day and an hour when you don't know. We don't know when it is, so be ready all the time. Be ready now. It could be right now he's going to come back for us. I'm 
I'm not going to get up here and pretend to say, well, you know, this is what's going to happen now and this and, and that's going to happen. It's all going to fit together. God's going to have his plan. But what is very clear is that he has a plan and you and I need to be looking for him and waiting and watching. And this is part of what Jude is saying. This keeps us in the love of God because he has a plan. It, it's not just what you see here. It's not just what this world holds. You go, to, you go to the very end of the Bible in the very last two verses. Let me read them for you. He says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. And John answers, Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Jesus said he's coming quickly. Now, we don't know when that is. His timetable is not necessarily our timetable. We, we think quick is quick. And Peter said there were people who were saying, you know, he's promised to come a long time. It's been a long, it's, people are going to say it's been a long time. So where is he? He says, you know what? His time is the right time. And, 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 and for, for salvation, he says, he's being patient that all those that are, that are his will turn to him. But I like what John says. He says, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That's a man that's looking, that's watching, that's waiting. So keep yourselves in the love of God is what Jude says. It's by living, by abiding, and by remaining in that love, by being obedient, says in John 15, by building ourselves up. On this faith that we have, it's by praying. But it's also by looking and watching, waiting for him to return. There was a guy, his name was Billy Sunday. Any of you ever heard of him? He's a famous preacher. But he said, he said there's three, three rules to converts for success in the Christian life. He said, number one, read the Bible, let God talk to you. Number two, pray and talk to God. And number three, talk to God about others. Simple, isn't it? We make it too complicated. But let me finish with a quote from a man who was the director of uh, Gospel Recordings uh, Mission, who their, their ministry is to make recordings for, for people in places that have no written language. And so they record the gospel and they record, you know, scripture portions and in and, and the language of, of the people. And then they, they, they have these, you know, uh, portable machines that people can just listen because they don't know how to read. They don't have the language in there, you know, any written language. But he was the director of this for many years and he's now gone on to be with the Lord. But uh, previous to that, he would write a blog and this is one of his it's very short it's one of his blogs about prayer and he says this he said a good verse to ponder anytime we want to take stock of our lives and ministry is first samuel 7:14 and this is the the verse it says thus far has the lord helped us 
He says that the words thus far points to our past and the fact that the Lord has helped us every step of the way. Thus far hath the Lord helped us also has implications for the future. Thus far implies we are not finished yet. Our work is not yet done. There is more to come. And God expects us to finish well. That's why he gave us this wonderful promise in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He will do it, and he doeth all things well. And so the Lord, who has been our helper all of our days, will, when our final day arrives... Help us take that last step that will take us from the finish line into eternity. He's going to take us to glory, in other words. And there we will see our dear Savior face to face. And as we behold his glory and the wonders of heaven, so many things will surely amaze us. Not least when heaven reveals just how much God did in answer to prayer. That being so, I'm sure I'll wonder, why did I pray so little? How much God did in answer to prayer. Let's pray right now. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you and and we know that your word declares that you love us. You love us. You love us so much that you sent your only son, your only begotten son, to die on a cross, to pay the price for my sin, for our sin, for the sin of the whole world, and, and that he would be buried and that he would rise from the dead. And that all we need to do is believe and trust in him. And we would have eternal life. But not only that, you, you love us so much that you're, that you're going to come back for us, Jesus. You're going to come back to bring salvation. You're going to come back for us to, to bring us to yourself. This is a promise. But in the meanwhile, in the meanwhile, We have work to do. Lord, empower us, guide us with your counsel. Show us what you want us to do, Lord, that we listen to you and your word. We pray and speak to you and we'd let other people know about you and who you are. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Father, I want to pray for these beautiful people here in this room, those listening, that they would know how much you love them, how much you love them.
pray too for maybe any here that never received that love. Just never just let him in. Let him in. Trust in him. Believe in him and let him in. Maybe you have a head knowledge about who he is and what he did, but he wants to come into your heart. He wants to live there. Just let him in. He's right there. You can pray, Jesus, I'm lost and I need you. Come into my life today. Come into my heart today. I believe you. I believe in you. I receive you today, Lord. Pray that, that all of us could learn and, and grow in that love and that rest in that love. Find stability in that love. Find encouragement in that love that you have for us. Each and every day, again and again and again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.